We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. All right, this we got four guests today. So let me let me introduce you by name. We got uh, John, we got Brandon, we got Nate, and we got Will in the background there. So walk me through your titles of Redemption Road because I you, I don't know the exact titles. I, Brandon, <laughs> President. John is a vice president, and then we got two members. Is that what we got going on? Tell me, tell me how this works. Tell me the tell me the rules for the for reference for the listeners. We got Redemption uh, Road CrossFit. We got the the founding members here. Sure. Yeah. So we have uh, two board members from our foundation, Redemption Road Fitness Foundation, yep, yep. Uh, titled appropriately RF two. <laughs> That's right. You mentioned your math guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R R F F. And so uh, I'm the founder and the president. Um, John here is the vice president of Redemption Road Fitness Foundation, and Brendan is also a CrossFit level two uh, trainer. Yeah, trainer John, get yeah. it right. Get it right. Yeah. Yeah, I almost, <laughs> almost got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so are you, John. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. And then Nate and, and Will, very recently, level one trainers. So yeah. I definitely want to talk about that. That's where I met you guys. Okay, so let's, let's, um, let's get the elephant in the room or whatever the cliche is. For those listening and don't know, these guys are the founders of this. These affiliates are inside the walls of the prison. That's right. So not everybody knows that. And, and for reference... If you haven't already, go back and listen to Brandon and John, as well as Taylor on Savan's podcast. Um, Google that. I'm sure you'll find it. But he did a really great job chatting with you guys. Um, we don't need to be redundant about some of the stuff you guys talked about. I want to talk about really the level one experience. I want to talk about um, the fact that 20 out of 20 of you passed the level one test. Unheard of. And I want to talk about what the studying was like for that and, and just all things CrossFit. So definitely want to dig in there. I talk to these two guys a lot. Nate, Will, I haven't spoken to or, or heard from you guys since, uh, since leaving a couple of weeks ago. How have things been? Yeah, uh, it's been good. It's exciting to be able to write CFO one next to our names on every single piece of paper that we have. <laughs> Dear mom, yeah, you're, you're just like yeah, like signing your, a letter to your mom, CFL one, and it's like absolutely, absolutely, yeah. on all post-its from now on. <laughs> That's let me start there. What's what do family members think of CrossFit? Um, so for me. Uh, well, they had to dig into it a little bit. My sisters had been involved when they were a little younger through high school and whatnot. And so um, when the rest looked into it, they were pretty excited because they knew this is the kind of thing that not only I would thrive in, but that I've loved since I was young. So they, they saw it as a good career opportunity for me and myself, something that I would uh, excel in and love to do, you know? Yeah, you would. Be complacent. You guys all did great. 
Will, I know you're uh, tight with Tevin. Yes, sir. I've been speaking with him quite a bit. He's going to Watchtower every every so often. We haven't gotten to link up yet because he he's working and I'm working. But uh, hopefully, we can get we can get together. What what about you? What's the reaction been from from family? Oh, my family loves it because they see a change in me personally as a person. Uh, I said that. Yeah, yeah sure. I said that terribly, but you got it. You get it. Yeah. It's, it's, for them, it's not about the working out. It's about how I progressed since I started CrossFit as a person. And I'm just every day I'm thankful and, and they love it. They just love to hear me talk on the phone, positivity instead of negativity all the time like I used to. And, and it's a real big thing. But like like most CrossFitters, are, are your family members like, we get it. You do CrossFit. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, they can't wait till they change the subject. <laughs> has has you guys have the fact that you guys now do crossfit influenced anybody in in your family or circle to do crossfit my sister and my grandma started it my grandma quit immediately it said it was way too much work <laughs> my sister's on and off but uh i feel like they, they'll get back into it the more i stick with it um they just they like the community more than anything else they just don't like to work out that's awesome. Okay, so let's let's take a step back in case the listeners didn't listen to the show. Talk to me about day one, Brandon. What's how do you find out about CrossFit? And then how do you? I mean, it's 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 hard enough to open an affiliate. It you know, outside the walls of a prison. You guys have successfully opened nine. Is that correct? Is it nine affiliates? We have, we have four official affiliates and we have nine facilities in the process. Not yeah. I mean, I want to give the listeners an understanding of who Brandon is. So we meet at the level one and, you know, you guys are awesome. First of all, as something we didn't touch on with a mask on, I recognize Nate and Will, right? And what I was going to say is on most weekends, I leave on Sunday at about, you know, 4.35 p.m., and if I saw the person the next day, I'd be like, who are you? Like, if I saw a participant, like, I've, have we met? Like, that was the type of impact you guys had. Like, I hmm. remember there was a 20, 20 of you guys from your wing. I think you said like four or five. Uh, of course, uh, Mary and Amber Lee were there as well. Um, but the impact that you guys had on, it was, you know, me, Nicole Gordon, and Becky Harsh, you know, cannot be understated. And then, of course, uh, David Tittle was there for the second one. So, you know, you guys, I'm not going to cry on the podcast. I've never cried on the podcast. You guys might cry, but yeah. uh, very <laughs> impactful. I've spoken about you guys to so many people. It's like the same CrossFit effect. They're like, shut up. We get it. You went into a prison and talk CrossFit. Can we talk about something else? But one of the things that I want people to understand about Brandon, there's my wife. Thank you. Hi. Hello. Um, bone broth. So, awesome. <laughs> so I was telling Brandon about bone broth. He was like, what's that? What's that? So <laughs> Brandon, you know, you guys run your competition in, um, it, it, oh, there you go. You're not drinking bone broth. What are you drinking? No, just coffee. Just coffee. <laughs> yeah. And Matt Frazier does the programming. Yeah. And we're looking at the workouts and there's a workout that calls for assault bikes. And I was like, how many assault bikes do you have? And Brandon's like, none. And I said, hey, should we, um, 
Do you want to maybe do a different movement in there? And Brandon goes, nope, we'll get him. Like, that's who you guys are. And I think, like, that's what's so appealing, you know, and, and it, it's contagious, if you will. So, you know, I have, and in my mind, I was like, yep, they will. Like, I have no doubt Brandon's going to figure this out. So, so going back to my question, how'd you hear about CrossFit? Yeah, well, thanks for asking, Jason. Um, it is not without the work of a very awesome, very um, heart-driven team that we've been able to accomplish what we have. Uh, this all started because I wanted to do a competition with other facilities, and I had an idea that this might become something bigger. And so I went and I found the five guys that I knew that were just extraordinary people. And John right here, um, he was my first choice. And uh, there was another guy named Trevor Jones. Um, he's also a level two trainer and uh, still involved in the program. He's out at Fort Mile right now. Um, and Damien Arguello, uh, the effective co-founder of this program. And he's a level two trainer out in Arc Valley. And uh, um, with and another guy that he ended up not going with CrossFit, but a very good guy. And it was important to me to choose these individuals. Yes, they're all amazing athletes. They all, all four of those guys happen to be the greatest athletes I know um, at the time and probably still are. Who's the uh, fittest though? Who's fitter? You or John right now? <laughs> well, he's a beating me on the or way. Is it, or is it Nate behind you? <laughs> or Willie? Not those guys. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I beat him in one event and he beat me in the Yeah, Will, Will beat me by a minute and a half on, on uh, an event today. So um, as far as the overall leaderboard, Brandon, Brandon, he's got me in overall fitness, but I'm uh, currently the second fittest in the gym. Tell me, I mean, in, John, in the your deadlift is what, uh, five fifty? What'd you say it was? I uh, just yeah, um, my best is five sixty five. But uh, just the other day, after a, um, after it was a two part workout where it had um, sixteen push presses, eighteen box jumps, and a sixty foot shuttle run. Um, I saw that workout somewhere. What was that? That's that for our drum rolls. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's yeah. Right. And, and so, twelve minute and wrap. So after that, then you had ten minutes to get your your best attempt at a at a deadlift, and I hit five fifty. But his squatting that like nothing too, on his back squat. <laughs> now, for reference, you know, you guys train like an obscene amount. Not always. So not always. Oh, so in fact, for the first five years of this program, uh, our training was about 45 minutes to an hour a day. Mm -hmm. um, Do you feel, I, I know I've, I'm really bad, by the way, as a podcast host, I go all over the place. So just <laughs> work with my brain for a sec. Yeah. For the listeners, do you feel you made the most gains in your fitness when you were training less or more? Mm, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. So I would like to define uh, the answer into two categories, um, overall fitness more, mm -hmm. um, my one rep max strength less. Okay. And, and you guys are, are, would you say when you started training more, there was more of an emphasis on recovery? Um, yes, there is a more of an emphasis on recovery. And as we had the capacity here, um, for your listeners, we're the only location in Redemption Road CrossFit that has a full-time 
functioning location that is uh, exclusively a, uh, a CrossFit gym. We don't have we don't have to uh, have a shared space with any other competing programs or um, operations of the facilities. And so we have a, a full time box. And so it's the first time that we've had that access uh, since we moved here to Sterling, Colorado here and, and, and founded Redemption Road CrossFit Sanctum. And as we had more access in, in time to the weights, it, more than 45 minutes a day, you know, trying to squeeze it in in between running classes and, and training ourselves, um, we, we did have to learn that work-rest ratio a little bit better, especially when we were looking at training more competition-style training. Of, of trying to go to that next level of, of athleticism. And so, um, yeah, so I guess that's informative to, to your question, but as well as to let you know that, that we, it's a ever growing process for us because we are presently trying to figure out exactly what that looks like. I've also noticed with the higher amount of training, uh, uh, large increase in flexibility and range of motion. Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, hitting a full snatch several times a week, uh, it really helps you to continue to do that. Whereas when you're only doing it once a week, uh, that's a lot harder. Yeah, these movements, uh, doing the movements will get you better at the movements. Yeah, now, and, and also now, I, I guess I would like to define strength versus power too, because while strength, one rep max strength on like a squat or a deadlift, I think have gone down just a little bit, but um, my power has gone way up um, for like a power clean or a jerk or something. So um, I, I think it's a defining, defining these things. That's, that's great. <laughs> we're, we're pretty in tune. If for anybody listening, uh, we have a large backlog of the science of our performance. <laughs> with a lot of diet, with a lot of numbers, with a lot of um, observation, right? Repeatable, measurable. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're able to tell where our athletes are making gains very easily because we have such a controlled environment. Yeah, that's why I made it a hard, hard to answer your previous question is because our context is ever changing and our availability is, is morphing. So it's hard to kind of gauge you know, what we're learning because our, our availability to um, in times of, of programming are, you know, we're trying to figure out <laughs> how that works. Um, one of the things that, that I did want to add to that is that um, here in prison right now, it, it's a wild context. And so even though we do have a full time gym, it doesn't mean we have full time staffing. Um, so our access is contingent on, ha has been in the past contingent on staffing. And we've looked at some creative solutions for that. And the facility has been very flexible to, you know, look at, uh, monitoring on camera options and things like that. But, um, there's a lot that goes into your, yeah, no, I definitely want to talk about, you know, some of the limitations, like we discussed nutrition and all that. And Hey, Brandon, I'm going to, let me tell you something. You, you, whenever you get asked a question, you speak and you try to thank everybody on the planet. Thank Just you. Don't, which is great. It's one of your most redeeming qualities, but we get it. You're very grateful for everybody that's helped you out. So let's, let's, let's move beyond that for a second and, and go back to your story. Thank right. you, everybody. You helped Brandon. Now, now tell the story. Well, thanks, Jason, uh, for the, uh, <laughs> the chastising. 
Uh, <laughs> so uh, after I got these guys together, uh, we put together this little competition and we put out these weights and we thought, oh, cool, you know, we'll, we'll get the top teams from every facility. And after a couple months, nobody had replied and we started looking into it. And it turns out nobody else could do the stuff we were talking about because um, we had like do a power clean and hold it in the front rack for a minute at 225. Um, we didn't realize that that's the limitation of not seeing other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we realize these days that that's rare in prison to find numbers like that. And so, um, we ended up looking into this idea of, uh, the CrossFit open, which was suggested by a friend of my dad's Aaron Brill. And, um, we thought, well, why don't, why don't we just do this competition that, is already widely successful. There's already great people programming it and we'll just give it a try. Uh, we didn't have access to the open at that time. So we just went on the website, found what the workouts were and just made a, uh, a, a several week long thing, just imitating it. And this is really where Redemption Road was born. Um, I think it was 16.2 or 16.3. Um, there were burpees involved in it. And or was it 17? I don't remember. It was, uh, it was 17, 17.2 or 17.3. And um, there were burpees involved in it. And there was a younger white gentleman and he was doing the burpees. And one of the other competitors, he was an older black gentleman. He went down and he started cheering for him and he got down on his hands and knees and he was screaming, you know, you got this, you can do this a little bit more. And I have to tell you that in prison at that time, at that facility, that was not a normal thing. And prison is very divided, um, especially on race, uh, but also on age, affluence, um, just general lifestyle. It's very divided. And so to see somebody breaking that barrier over a workout, um, really was very rare uh, and was so noticeable that it changed everything in my, in my mind. Um, and when I saw that, I started to wonder to myself, you know, what if that could be the normal? What if that could become what prison is? What if, what if it wasn't even about the workout? What if it had less to do with the burpees and more to do with somebody's heart being open to another person's heart uh, and them getting past whatever hurt they've had in their life to pursue something greater than themselves. Um, and so I went home that night and I wrote a vision statement just based on that idea. And it was a, a two page long document. Um, I just couldn't sleep that night after thinking about it. And I brought it to work with me. John and I worked in the welding shop and uh, I asked him if he'd look at it. And John, look, he edits my stuff to make me sound better. And so he went through the whole thing and he was like, this is pretty good. And so we printed it and I was just going to go edit it. And I happened to run into the captain at the time. And he's like, what do you have there in your hand? And I was like, oh, yeah, here, here's a vision statement. He's like, cool, thanks. And he walked off with it. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I guess it's turned in then. Um, I never That met. was your only copy. That's not like you had it on your computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was the only one. Yeah. And so uh, he came back uh, like two days later and he had that in his hand and he said, who wrote this? 
And my heart sank because I thought, oh my God, I've seen people get in trouble. You know, you make a, a like a, a, a statement of ethos and they can take that in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, um, I might be getting in trouble here and that, that could end up with me in jail inside the prison. And so uh, I was sheepishly walked up and said, yeah, I, I wrote that, my bad. And he said, no, this is incredible. I took it to the ma- uh, management team. They love it. The warden supports this. They want to back the program and buy whatever equipment we need for this. Uh, the director's on board. And we all looked at each other and we're like, what? Uh, and this is incredible. And so um, he's like, I want you to formalize this more and, and come up with this idea. So we started working on this and, and like what our mission would be. And uh, this is where we started uh, running into one of the main uh, originator supporters of this program, uh, Jeff Long, who was a programs major at the time. And he worked just next door to John and I in the welding shop. And so we'd walk by every day and we'd say, hey, what do you think about this? And he he knew some CrossFitters. So he said, well, uh, I like what CrossFit is. And he said, I don't know how you're going to do that in here, but I'm going to let you uh, try and I'll give you enough rope to hang yourself. Um, and so let's, let's see what that'll look like. I'll give you a time in the gym. And, uh, to this day, uh, Jeff Long, he's, he's advanced now. He's a warden uh, at this facility. He's why we're at this facility. Um, and this is Sterling. Yeah. 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 And now he's at Sterling, all this, uh, former story, this was at Lyman. This was our first, the, the first CrossFit affiliate in prison in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. Was that Lyman? Yeah. Yep. yep. And so uh, I just, we ended up grabbing a, a few of our friends that um, it was all based on trust. None of us knew CrossFit. Um, I didn't know what a snatch was. I didn't know what a double under <laughs> was. Um, and that's where we started reaching out to Aaron and asking him, you know, what, what are these movements? Because we have no idea. Uh, but we would go and we would run classes seven days a week and we just started bringing in a little bit of time at a time and, and writing proposals. And, um, that turned into what it is today with nine facilities involved, uh, over a thousand members a day, um, in the last three years, well over 2000 program contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, and in prison, that's a big deal because most programs are about 14 people. Now, I'm imagining there were some limitations and I'll let you chime in there, John, but I'm imagining there's some limitations as far as equipment back. I'm, I'm imagining there's no bumper plates. There's we no like two sets. We, yeah, we had one set of um, some ancient ones. We couldn't even find them on online. They've been at the facility for like 20 years and <laughs> good quality. Kilo. Yeah, they bounce this high, you know, when, when you drop them. But um but yeah, we did CrossFit at our Redemption Road at, at Lyman. Um, it really changed what what DOC, the way that DOC looked at equipment for, for facilities. Because yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, the, the old prison rock pile was the norm where guys just go out and they, you know, um, back and bias chest and tries, and, you know. Well, you guys did it too, right? We did, but in, in a sense, uh, I played football for seven years, and um, 
you know, I, I've always, my training has always been adapted very similar to, to a DB's training in, in football. And so um, hand cleans, power cleans, uh, those movements were, were, you know, in, intrinsic to that kind of training. So always did that kind of stuff, love strongman events and, and different things. So we were already on our way to some, some hybrid style fitness um, before we got our introduction to CrossFit. But I did want to circle back to something you, uh, that Brandon um, left out and when he was talking about the genesis of the program. One of the things that helped us the most is when we found out that there was a level one trainer's guide. And I'll tell you what, I remember when Brandon got a hold of the level one trainer's guide, he devoured it. How did you get that? So it, it's a free, free PDF. Um, and it, what we can do is we, can, we, we have our family members print out, print out the PDF and mail it in. And so a hard copy in your hands. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's how we all learn, by the way, all these guys that passed, that's how they learn. So Nate and Will, you have like, it's your Bible. We have yeah. like 30 or 40 of them floating around. Yeah. We have the, yeah. Those are our Bibles. <laughs> all yeah. one sheet at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for reference, you know, for the listeners, we show up at a, at a level one in any box and I'm like, Hey, take out your guy. They're like, I didn't get it. I didn't print it. I didn't do this. Like, no excuses. Like you guys are 30 copies floating around and going back to what I said earlier, 20 of 20 people passing Un unheard of. Like when you told me that on the phone last week, I was like, you know, I immediately, you know, called Nicole, called Becky and like, they're all so excited because you know, it's, it's, it's not a hard test, but it's not an easy test, right? There's some questions that definitely people stumble on. And I, I, I've said this numerous times, probably on the podcast, even where I'm like, I'll oftentimes when I'm lecturing and, and I know I can speak for the other seminar staff, we ask rhetorical questions or we ask questions just to get involvement. And literally every, I remember like, I remember like Taylor Forrest, Carl, who was the guy sitting next to Carl? Another older guy. Chris, 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 um, and Mario, like, you guys were like giving us the answers back. And I was like, I don't have to even, there was, there was no joke once or twice. I was like, asked it cause I forgot. And I had to be like, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for reminding me. Um, who is the oldest is, is I don't want to offend Carl. Not that he listens to the podcast, but is he the oldest guy in the bunch doing, we had a guy named Danny from uh, one of the other facilities. He was a little bit older. He's probably mid to late fifties smaller yeah. guy like my size yeah paul goodwin is i think our oldest guy he's a paul that's, that's who i was thinking of paul 56 and it, yeah yeah on the first seminar the seventh uh, the second seminar was david david bean mm -hmm. and he's uh almost 70. yeah he was pretty he was pretty up there huh? he was 60. yeah and william i remember a guy named william yeah, William Gray. Yeah, but David was the oldest of that whole group. Are you from Lyman? Yeah, because yeah, I know because I was asking that that whole night. I was like, "Who's old?" Yeah. Oh yeah, because you guys stuck around for the for the uh, next yeah. two. Um, on, the, on the note, Jason, if you don't mind me um, me saying, as far as these guys um, in in the the return from their their studying, um, he can't be with us today because he is such an avid stutter studier. Uh, Taylor Doucet. He's off. He's That's off my boy. That's my boy, Taylor. Response right now. Um, and be, just because he's just that guy that his resume is ridiculous. And um, he's his, his potential is through the roof. And what he did is he's our number three guy here 
uh, Brandon, myself, and, and him, uh, he came about a week after uh, uh, we arrived to this facility. He asked to, when he heard that we were leaving Lyman, he's like, I want to go where you guys are. So we were able to, to ask some, some questions and see if that was a thing since he was eligible. And um, yeah, he, he got moved here. And um, he is really the guy that, that runs the gym at this location. Um, he, he's the guy that has been running the study for the most part. And it's been a collaborative effort. I don't want to steal anything from the other guys as well. Um, all these guys have stepped up to run study groups, but Taylor is, um, he's, he was the lead in running the study groups for all of these guys. Um, Brandon and I, we, we've adopted a saying that is this, when we've met our success in linemen, our first group of guys, 10 out of 10 passed the level one. And we were, we were told that that was not typically normal. And the reason for our success, what we told the guys is you don't need anything, but um, um, you have the material and you have each other and that's enough. And, and that was enough for us. And that was enough for these guys. And we watched just watch the fruits of it. I mean, these guys had the material and they had each other. And um, in large part, you know, Taylor plowed away with these guys and these guys ran their other small study groups and we see the fruits of that. And, you know, I wish, I wish more of the culture at large would, would recognize that second piece. They got more material than ever, right? With the internet and everything, but we can't forget that we need each other too. Yeah. I mean, I'm sad Taylor can't be on here as well, but um, again, he was on Savan's podcast and I told you this and, and I would say this about many of you, you know, I, can think of a handful of times I've left a level one thinking to myself, that person will be a great coach or has the potential to one day wear a red shirt. And I would say that about many of you and Taylor certainly stood out. Um, I think whenever someone's a little smaller in stature, I tend to, you know, bond, you know, <laughs> same with Nate, Nate, I see you laughing back there, but you're not much taller. I can't imagine why, Jason. But, um, you know, you, you tend to, you know, associate with people that, Granted, Taylor's a, a lot stronger and bigger than I am. But, you know, I said, like, that dude not can be, but will be on seminar staff one day. And I, and I stand by that statement, and I would say that about many of you. Um, so I look forward to that. I look forward to, uh, man, how crazy would that be? One day, you know, we're working out next to each other wearing red shirts. I, I, I can see that happening. Um, Jason, I'd like are you going to thank somebody right now, Brandon? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say something, though. Um, what, one of the biggest reasons that uh, Redemption Road is successful in, in those ways, um, building on John's concept of the community, uh, look, we, we pursue CrossFit is the pursuit of excellence in every area of life. And we fully and thoroughly believe that and apply that to our lives. And so... Yes, we want a faster Fran time. We want to squat more weight. Um, but we equally want to grow in knowledge and application of that knowledge. And so um, where, where Redemption Road comes in uh, is demanding nothing less than becoming better in that area. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the people that we've hurt in the past, right? We're in prison. Um, that's a reality. We have victims and, you know, one of our primary questions to ourselves is how do we honor that? How can we, we can't fix the past. We can't fix what we've broken. 
Um, and I, I think a lot of us have tried to fix that um, or wanted to, but the reality is you can't. And so the only thing you can do is give every ounce of your life to becoming better for the future. And you have to start with yourself to do that. And that's where so many uh, places and uh, areas and communities go wrong is trying to apply it to everyone else without having yourself first. And so these guys, yeah, they walk around with their level one manual. Um, they study it, they live it. Um, but it's even deeper than that. Um, it's when they get together and they leave groups together and um, these guys are pulling guys aside constantly and saying, is your life in conformity with living that redemptive quality? Um, and here we just have a blessing that it's 24 seven because we all live together. Um, you know, but I want to be clear what you're saying, Brandon, it's, it's awesome. But I hope that the listeners realize like, obviously you don't have to be in prison to live that way. And so many CrossFitters and so many affiliate owners these days complain about things they have no control over. They complain about the box down the road. They complain about this and that. I mean, you guys are, are doing it in the harshest of circumstances and, and doing it with excellence. So I, I think that's incredible that you say that. And I hope that for the listeners, they think, okay, what can I do as well? Like I do have the internet and I do have this. And, you know, though you guys got your level two, I've, you know, I don't, you should listen to the podcast. I assume Elba, you can get the podcast for these guys, right? Three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. But, awesome. but, um, yes, she can. She yeah. listens. To it. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves in the CrossFit world is people will get their level one and then they'll be like, oh, should I just revalidate or should I get my level two? It's like, if you're a CrossFitter, the answer is easy. You get your level two and then you get your level three. You know, you're probably not going to get your level four. Let's be real. Like, it's such a high credential, so hard to achieve. Very few of us in this world can achieve that. But, you know, you should always be, you guys got your level two in freaking prison. Like, come on. If you're a level one, like, you need to be pursuing that. Um, all right. Let me hear from these two guys in the back there a little bit. Absolutely. I love for Will to talk about his story. It's really cool. Um, and how, how, when we met Will to where he is today. Mm -hmm. Sure, Will, but slide up a little bit. Let's be able to yeah. hear you a little bit better. That's where it's yeah, the listeners could just turn up the volume. That's fine. All right, so my story, it's long and dramatic. So we'll just start when Cruiser showed up. Yeah. Um, I was basically a typical everyday guy in prison doing the bad things for all the right reasons, right? Um, I was gambling, doing typical weight pile, chest, no legs, all pull-ups. Of course not. Your pants cover the legs, right, Will? Yeah, I don't do legs. That's, that's not realistic. <laughs> uh, but they showed up, and my buddy Jesse Peters, who's also a CFL one. Oh, Jesse, I've spoken about Jesse on the podcast. Do you mind if I tell a quick Jesse story? Oh, yeah, please. Yeah. So Jesse's basically covered head to toe tattoos, right? So I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, but I don't think he would. But he comes up to me on day two and he's like, hey, Jay, would you hire someone that looked like me? Mm. And I'm like, are you asking me because you have a face tattoo right now, Jesse? Like, is that what this is all about? And I'm like, and he's like, yeah. I was like, I could care less about what's on your face. I care that you, you care and that you want to be an excellent coach. And, um, you know, that was, 
one of the many moments over those two days where I'm like, you know, no different than anyone. We're all vulnerable. We're all, you know, we, we all have our beliefs, our self-limiting beliefs. And Jesse was awesome, you know? And, and yeah, you look at Jesse and you're like, all right, you know, and he's also the same guy that there was, I believe an ant on the floor, like an ant as in like the insect. Oh yeah, that's him. Yeah. And he, I was like, is that a Lyrico? No, so we, we have uh, James. We have James. James, what's up? All right, I couldn't tell. They look. He just got done judging, and he was walking by, so we flagged him down. James jacked back there. What is that? A double XL you're wearing? Oh yeah, he tied my deadlift five fifty. By the way, personal PR for it. Yeah. Nice, James. Yeah. But anyway, Jesse's like moving this ant, and I'm like, it's an ant, Jesse. Like, really? And he's like talking about how he loves all creatures and insects and birds. <laughs> That's and really I'm like, all right, dude. All right. So yeah, that, that was just a really, you know, motivating story for me. And I think that truly is the beauty of CrossFit. Like, yeah, Jesse, there are some boxes that are going to be like, no, like you got a head tattoo and they're going to be better boxes that are like, I don't care what's on your head. You're going to have a little bit of trouble winning over 80 year old Donna. But <laughs> so long as you do the right thing, you will win her over. And that's the beauty of CrossFit. And that's what, you know, I know from the moment I met you guys, it wasn't like, oh, these are inmates. These are CrossFitters first, you know, and then truly friends second, you know, and, and nowhere on my list is it like, yeah, it's hard to communicate with you guys. You leave me three, four minute messages on my phone. Like we joked about the, do I wish I could just text you? Yes. But, you know, given what it is, we'll figure it out. Um, so, you know, I'm ranting, I guess, but anyway, I get super, uh, you guys bring the best out of people. Like it's really, you know, and, and that's what it does for me. So, uh, Will, go ahead, finish your, finish your story. No leg days. All right. So Jesse, um, he asked me to work out with him before these guys showed up and he was doing CrossFit or our version of 30 miles, a million jump ropes and 500 pull-ups. Yeah. And he's a great runner. So I did it with him. And these guys showed up and he's like, Hey, I'm going to work out with these guys. They're the CrossFit guys. I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's there. It's too much for me. I'm, I don't want to be all involved. And he's like, just come on, bro. Just I don't want to get too big. Exactly. Right. And, that was, <laughs> and I was frumpy. I was, I was chunky. I was, was he chunky? Was he chunky? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was yeah. a chunky guy. I weighed 205 okay. and now I'm down to like 175, 180. Wow. But on the same token, I'm like, fine, I'll be there. Why not? And I started going out with them. And the first thing we did was Tabata, uh, Tabata air squats. And I didn't do a single correct air squat. Not one. As a matter of fact, the cruiser stopped in the middle of it to help me fix it. And then went back to Tabata. You move well, Will. So, I mean, that goes to show the improvements these guys helped you make. Like, oh, absolutely. You, you move really well. Yeah, it's all to these guys and Taylor, guys like Nate, who don't let me get away with anything. Right. <laughs> but uh, so I went through all that and these guys move into the same unit as us. Cruiser moves in right next door to us, uh, to me and uh, my cell at that point in time. And I'm working out with them regularly. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'll be a candidate if you call that all. I'll get in with these guys. I want to go to the gym. You know, I want to be there. And Cruiser comes over one day and I was about to get a tattoo, which is not allowed in person. And he says, Will, come talk to me, please. I'm like, all right. I go over there. He says, so you could be great. You could be awesome. 
but you have to follow all the rules. And that means even the ones we don't agree with, you gotta follow those too. You gotta hold the standard at all times. And I'm like, crap, I really wanted a tattoo. <laughs> and uh, he says, yeah, but do you really need it? Yeah. Is that a real thing? And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, it's not. So I go back, I think about it. And he told me I had to stop all the bad stuff I'm doing. That's gambling, all that. I'm like, yeah, that's how I feed myself. That's how I do all that. That's okay. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm all in. Why not? Everybody else is getting all in. I can't be the dude who doesn't do it. And I'm like, fine. I stopped gambling. I stopped doing anything illegal. I started, uh, got into welding full time all the way as a, not only to become a certified welder, but to actually finish the class. I was just doing it to take up time. Now I've learned that. And I've tried to follow these guys in life all around. Um, I've changed, completely changed my outlook on people, on myself and my family. I mean, life is good. It's as good as you make it. And I was making it terrible, not just for me, but for everybody around me. And that is absolutely an, uh, an accomplishment that I couldn't have had without these guys, without Taylor, without Redemption Road or CrossFit. So I mean, that's basically my story. And now, that's Another one, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, obviously, it's amazing. How fast was that transformation, Will? Oh, well, I quit doing all the bad stuff in a matter of a week. I just stopped. However, the change in person is still ongoing. I, I, it all is, right? So I, I'd like to, to add to that. What we've noticed is that change happens instantly, but it's measured over many, many, many years. And it's proven over at least seven or 10, right? Um, and, and almost every time uh, it just takes that catalyst for somebody to say, I wanna walk a different life. And so a lot of times it's proven a couple of weeks later that that's not real. But most of the time it's just a 180 one day for some reason, everybody's reasons different, but um, it happens and then most people never look back. So what, give me two percentages. And I think I know the answer to one, what percentage of, of the guys start and then don't st stick to it. Yeah. That's, um, so participants and then, yeah, the coaches. good idea. So we have, yeah, cause, and explain to that. Cause I understand the coaches, but okay. the listeners don't. So we've delineated our program into several different levels of involvement. One, which starts as what we call a participant. A participant is just somebody that is required to not get in trouble and showcase value in their life to come work out. And they can do that indefinitely, right? Rehabilitation should not stop at 90 days. And so they come in, they work out and, uh, that is our first group of people. Now, from there, people that want more out of it, like these three guys back here and the guys that you met at the level one, um, they say, hey, I want more out of this program. And after 180 days, they enroll into the coaching track of the program. And so there are different statistics for those groups. The participant, uh, as far as people dropping out because they don't want to do it anymore, is actually pretty low. Um, it's about 20%-ish. Um, so there's about an 80% retention rate on, on participants. And, and that, that would include um, 
um, guys that either is one of the requirements that in agreements we have with with admin is that um, what we do here is not a right, it's a privilege. And, and so um, guys that have access to what we are doing, they, they, they require that guys be um, like right up free for a certain period of time and stuff like that. And upon that agreement, that's part of that presence of positive in their life and an agreement to value others and follow the rules and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's a mixture. That 20% is a combination between guys that either uh, kind of violated that agreement or, or have, you know, just, just, it, it wasn't for them. You know, they kind of just didn't feel like it was for them. Yeah. And, and guys that have just walked away cause they don't like CrossFit is, is pretty low. It's like 5%. Um, but guys getting in trouble at some point happens. Um, now, as far as our, uh, coaching track goes uh, we have a so explain what that looks like okay please um, so after 180 days of participation um anyone anyone can apply to the coaching track um all that we require is that they've been present and that they've showcased human value while they've been here and that they're hungry for it now, when they enroll in that, we enroll them into a syllabus, which is a demanding series of studies. And that's why these guys are all passing these tests because we have them read a stack of material and books that is probably as tall as I am by the end, by the end of this. And not all CrossFit related? So <laughs> that's a great observation. CrossFit is gymnastics, it's weightlifting, it's Olympic lifting, right? So I like how we, you left out monostructural. I think we should get rid of structural. <laughs> uh, and so we have them read um, in-depth volumes that are specific, such as Olympic weightlifting texts or uh, overcoming gravity with Stephen Lowe. Uh, best hour of their day by Jason Ackerman. Is that required ben, reading? So I'll get to that. Yeah. All right. That's so number one to, foundation. Yeah, all we're talking about is um, movement right. books. Uh, <laughs> And uh, becoming a supple leopard, right? The standard cross. Kelly Starrett, yeah, classic. And the level one and that kind of stuff. Uh, and so we want them to know what it means to train like a power lifter from Westside. What it means to train like you're in Iran and looking to go to the Olympics because they have different training methods than the Russians or the Americans, right? And so we want them to have a very in-depth knowledge of human performance. Um, that's because the standard of excellence, right? We want to represent CrossFit as excellent. And we're noticing our athletes here are very good athletes. And it's because they don't just do it, they know it too. And so from there, we start uh, getting them involved in stuff that's going to build their character too, building habits of study, um, evaluating why they believe in what they believe in and what human value looks like what is ethics and how do you how do you how do you apply that to life um and so um this is the area where a great book by mr ackerman comes in bestseller available <laughs> on amazon uh so they get involved in that kind of stuff and once they pass through that syllabus i'm shortchanging it but the, the long-term goal is that they increase more and more and more over years. Um, and only by about six years in the program can they get to the highest level, but it's an indefinite program. I, I have a recommendation, a real recommendation. Have you guys checked out any of 
Ryan Holiday's books on uh, stoicism? No, no. There's a gr- one that I read, I think it's in my closet. It's called The Daily Stoic. And I mean, I have no attachment to Ryan Holiday. I, I like the guy. Um, but it's it's a passage every day from one of the classic Stoics, Marcus Aurelius, Seneca, et cetera, and then kind of relative to the real world. I think you guys would really like it, as well as his other books on Stoicism. So if, check if, you guys can, yeah, if you guys can find that, get your hands on a copy. And then he also has a journal that goes along with it, like prompts relative to that. I think you guys would really like it. Awesome. Man. So the, so to answer your previous question, uh, the dropout rate of people that have gotten into that um, is remarkably low. Um, I'm only aware of two people in the whole program that have dropped out of that. And it was just because um, they, they uh, got involved in um, other great pursuits, such as vocational training. And it was just a lot of work for them. Uh, so the other percentage that I think, I think I know the answer, but what's the, t- I don't know if I'm going to say it right. Uh, recidivism, recidivism, recidivism. How do you say it? Recidivism. Basically when you leave, not coming back, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Recidivism would be, yeah. Recidivism rate would indicate how many people come back to prison, a percentage, uh, as opposed to how many are released. And I'm sure, I think if I'm correct, it's, I don't know if it's 100 or zero. I don't know what the right answer, which way you were supposed to say, but it's the good one. It's the good one of those. Yeah, we don't, so today we don't have a ton of guys that have left um, large, in, in large part because most of our, our coach coaches where we started this in Lyman or uh, even places like Fremont, um, uh, CrossFit 999, one of our other branches or Arkansas Valley are made up largely of long-term um, guys, guys that have long sentences. And so you, at Lyman, none of our friends went home uh, except for one. <laughs> You know, we did it there. We, it's been going there for like five years. And so, um, so uh, I'll let Brandon talk, talk to the numbers, but um, yeah, we've had nobody return to prison. Well, and I saw, I saw Tevin, you know, for those that haven't heard us talk about it, Tevin was, uh, what's the term paroled? Is that the right term? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, par- he was paroled to a halfway house. Um, and, so- and Nicole picked him up and brought him back for the seminar and, End of the day, or day two, I should say, not that I'm worried about Tevin, but I, I'm the way he, he's worried about what would happen between you guys if he came back. So I think there's the, the accountability of like, if you're back here, like, this is not good for you. Like from, from our perspective, I think he's more afraid of you guys. Yeah, we'd give him a really, a really aggressive hug. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, upset that he would, you guys would be upset with him. You know, there's there's a there's a level of accountability that you guys are holding each other to. Yeah, the the community here, uh, once it's developed, it doesn't stop in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And so, a guy like Tevin, he gets out and he's carrying forth a huge weight because we're all looking up to him, right? We didn't get that chance to get out of prison um, because of our sentence, and so. Um, when a guy does get to go out and gets to go not only enjoy the world and be free, but also gets to carry forth the message that, hey, there are people in prison that can be successful at some point mm-hmm. um, and, and can make a change in their life and demonstrate that. That's a large responsibility on his end. 
And when he looks at what if he was ever to come back, um, yeah, he knows that we would be so disappointed because we believe in him. And, you know, that that's, it's a good fear, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a healthy fear. And you're right, that, that accountability is real here. Um, in large part, um, you, you know that military units are usually pretty tight, not because of the inner strength of each individual, but because you know that the person next to you is relying on you. And, and, and life is the same. I know that Brandon, I need to be strong for Brandon on his worst day and vice versa. And, and that's what makes this, this whole unit strong. And so, of course, if somebody messes up, we're there to catch them. We're there to help them restore whatever was lost or broken. But um, at the same time, it's also a good preventative measure to know that you got a bunch of really fit, strong bros that, that um, we don't want to see you come back to prison unless you're in street clothes as a volunteer. Which, you know, he was there coming back. Let me, right. for, for the people watching, let's, let me have James chime in a bit because he's sitting in the back there. Yeah. James clearly comes from the chess tries world. <laughs> I have the, the suspicion he's got some dumbbells that he's doing some curls still. Cause look at those arms. There's no guns allowed in prison. I thought what's going on back there. What's going on back there, James. <laughs> Talk loud. Light up. So James, these guys are clearly doing the CrossFit thing. You're clearly, I'm making some assumptions, but you're clearly doing the bodybuilding thing. What's the, how do they convince you to check this thing out? Uh, actually, no, I, I wasn't doing the chest tracking. It was honey buns in a bed for me. Were you chunk? Were you chubby too? You and Will? I was 235 pounds and chunky. What's the fascination with honey buns? They're oh, delicious. Oh. Ooh, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> you explain that. Yeah. I think oh, I'll send you one and see, you, and then you put it in the microwave for about 15 seconds and throw some peanut butter on it. And is it? Is it because that's one of the few like treats you guys have access to, or do you truly love honey buns? It's yeah. one of the few. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, it's a coin flip. It's like a so if 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 I come to visit, am I allowed to bring like other better treats than honey buns? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll do that. I might bring some pop tarts or some cinnamon. Toast. Oh, that's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yes. But um, for the record, your boy Brandon over here was chowing down on peanut M and M's. <laughs> oh. He every time I looked over at Brandon, every time I looked over, he had peanut M and M's, granola bars. He was just like, it wasn't cheat day; it was cheat week for him over here. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I was eating them for a friend. <laughs> so, um, James, talk to me. Come on, from a uh, from honey bun to stud, how did that go? Um, <laughs> I mean, so. When I, when I first got here, I got, like I said, I was chunky. And I seen these three guys right here. I haven't met Nate yet till recently, but these three guys right here are doing this thing called the bull ride. <laughs> I didn't bull know. ride, what's that? Oh, nice. It's a, a variation of thrusters, ab mat sit-ups, and total bars. What is it? Let's throw it down for the listeners. Let's have the bull ride challenge. What is it? Tell yeah. me the exact details. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I originally wrote this workout. It's just a regular wad, but I did it because of uh, a shoulder injury I had. So it's meant to be rehabilitative also to get you good at thrusters because um, we were all terrible at thrusters. And so uh, it's pretty simple to start with. You have eight rounds or sorry, eight minutes 
to do eight thrusters, eight hand release push-ups, and eight total bars. But the catch is we redo this every week. And every time you get over five rounds, you have to increase two thrusters. And so it gets increasingly difficult. Do the other movements stay at eight? Yes. Yeah. So at one point we had athletes that do 16 thrusters, eight pushups, eight total bars. I'm trying to get five rounds in eight minutes. You're cooking. The AMRAP, so it stays, first of all, anyone listening knows better. If, it, if there's an eight minute AMRAP, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. so it's eight, eight thrusters, eight ab mat, eight hand release pushups, eight ab mat sit-ups, AMRAP of that. There's no ab mat sit-up. Uh, that's a scale version. Okay. Eight thrusters, eight hand release pushups. Eight toe to bars. Eight toes to bar. AMRAP. If you get more than five rounds in those eight minutes, which challenging but doable, right? Then it goes to 1088. Right. 95 pounds. Yep. Then it goes. Is it? Oh, and it's 95. 100 pounds. Oh, okay. My bad. 100 pounds for men. Let's call it 70 for females yeah. if they're listening. So okay. I, re I recommend this to any listeners. Um, give it a try. Uh, a couple it's of people just have taken this bull, out. The, the bull ride is. is what where'd that name come from? <laughs> well, I used to call it the eight. And uh, one of our, uh, the co-founder of this program, Damien Arguello, he said, no, that's like eight minutes of hell. That's an eight minute bull ride right there. Yeah, yeah it's about as easy as eight, yeah, eight seconds on the back of a bull. So. That's, that's how the best workouts get named. I mean, that's how Fight Gone Bad got named, right? I don't know if you guys, have you guys heard that story? Yeah. 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 Well, for, the, for, for you, John, and the listeners, Coach Glassman was training a fighter named BJ Penn. And he put, put these, you know, five movements together, three rounder. And then afterwards, coach Glassman says, Hey, was that like a fight? And he goes, no, that was like a fight gone bad. And, <laughs> and hence the name. All right, James, back to, back to the honey buns. So you see them doing the bull ride. Yeah. So I see them doing the bull ride. It took me a couple of days to go over cause I was a little intimidated, but there I seen these guys moving weight, and I was like, Hmm, I was like, I, I have a college athlete background and I used to play ball. So I was just like, Ball is what? Football or basketball? Football. So I got, I was really interested. So one day I walked up to John and I was like, what's up, bro? I'm James. And he's just like, what's up, man? And we get to talking and then he got, they got me into a workout. Well, out by about second round in, I'm on the ground crawling away. Like, <laughs> uh, I was good. I was like, all right, you guys beat me. Like, and then I see this guy, Cruz, over here, overhead squatting, 335 that day on the yard. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, all right. And then he pointed at me, said that was for you. And I was like, all right, it's on. I couldn't even overhead squat 95 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so it was very curious to me because I really wanted to figure out these movements and get to it. Well, then I meet Will over here, who is a burpee machine. And I tried to keep up with him on burpees. Did not work out for me. Uh, I kind of, they kept cheering me on, they'll push me through it. And then uh, really had to sit down with these guys and realization of what I wanted to do with my life because I'm, I'm a new father and my, son, my son's about to be two. So it was a really like an eye opener that this could better my life. It could help me find an old version of myself that I lost. So joining this program, it really helped me become somebody where I'm supposed to be a nobody. And that somebody is myself again because it helped me find out the athlete that I used to be and the better person I used to be. So being a part of this program really opened my eyes and my heart to a whole new light. Cause now I have a family that I never thought I could find. Now I've got people that I can coach and teach CrossFit too, and I can 
enjoy watching these guys suffer as we suffer. Like it's all a revolving door for each other, you know? So it's really cool. Okay, but be honest with me. When was the last time you had a honey bun? <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> post post workout though, right? It was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bedtime honey. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, bedtime honey. I need right. calories. Let's put it that way. You do. You are one big boy. Yeah. So let let's have. I'm gonna hear from Nate because Nate's been a little quiet in the back, and I know you guys have to go. Um. So Nate, hop up here. Tell me. Tell me about your experience. I assume. There's a lot of similarities. You see these guys, and, and for the record, when we is your crossfitting all happening outdoors? No. Okay, so you guys have an indoor space. From what I understand, when we were at Fremont, they're actually almost exclusively outside, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's like year-round in Colorado. We have an outdoor class they do every night on the yard that is equipment-free. So we do both. We have the gym open full time now and a class every night. So, but but those guys in Fremont, you know, talk about excuses. Affiliates are like, "Can we turn the heat up? It's cold outside." And it's like you're like outdoors, yeah. you know, doing doing bull it's ride cold. in the snow. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so so Nate, what 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 was your first um, experience? So my experience was a, actually a lot different than these guys. Um, I started over on the high side, which is the west side of the prison here. It's higher security. Um, I have a longer sentence. And so you started over there until you get within a certain uh, time frame of going home. And then you come over here. So I never met these guys until February or March of this year. This uh, year, like 2021? 2021. We met them um, during the open. During the yeah. open. I came over April. here like four days before the open. And they were like, okay, we're doing the open. So I, I had no idea what was going on. But um, Michael Paprocki, who you met at the L1, the seminar, um, he was on the high side with us. I There was like six or seven guys that worked out on the yard consistently. I was one of them. A uh, whole bunch of squats, deadlifts, and bench. That's about it. No cardio whatsoever. I used to play ball. Um so I have an athletic background, but never did anything like that. But uh, Mike's my buddy, and he came up to me one day, and he said, hey, uh, John and Cruiser are coming, so you're going to be a CrossFit coach. And I was like, who the hell is John and Cruiser? And this was, you know, 2019, I think, fall of 2019. I had no idea who these guys were. I didn't know what CrossFit was. I really didn't even know what CrossFit was until uh, even though I was doing it and trying to be a coach until I saw the CrossFit Games of 2020. Um, but Caprock brought me in, taught me what I needed to know. Um, starting over there was a lot harder. Uh, I guess I can't say harder. It's a lot different and had different challenges than over here. Um, the diversity that Brandon spoke about earlier uh, with Lyman still exists over there. Uh, on that side of the prison being more long-term offenders and whatnot. So there were a lot of barriers to go through. So things were a lot different. Um, I'm actually really proud of those guys. They've got it up and going now and, and it's successful, but there was a lot of, uh, a lot of walls to break down. Yeah. Um, but so I started over there with them. Um, I got to where I was learning a lot, figuring stuff out. Um, I love the discipline, the going in every day that I, I played rugby, uh, 
in oh really i played rugby what position did you play uh i played scrum half same here of course right nice nice, nice. yeah i got the opportunity to play at purdue it's a uh, five foot tall position it, it, it actually is. That's what it's uh, you have to be a small guy. But anyway, that's, that's all. Tough. One of my first days of college, they had like a little thing going on and they saw me walking back from the gym and they were like, we want you to be our scrum half. I was like, what is this sport? Right. And then, yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. You got to be little for those of you that don't know, because you got to roll the ball in. If you've ever seen any part of rugby. Anyway, uh, off topic. But <laughs> I, uh, he had taught me what I knew and I, oh, okay. So I learned a lot of discipline that discipline that I had back when I played ball and I didn't have any of that kind of structure later on in my life. I lost it. I didn't know how to formulate it myself anymore. I didn't know any of that stuff. And this gave me that again. It, it reminded me, people say people change. I'm not somebody that had to change. I just had to remember who I was before this. You know, I was a different person before. And this helped bring that back to me. Um, the camaraderie, the community uh, is something you don't find, especially over there. Like when you have five or six guys like we did over there and you still have the diversity that's going on over there, it's, it's something special because a lot of people can't even find that out there where you are, let alone in a place like this. And uh, so Pap Rocky sat me down one day and was like, hey man, you need to go be with John and Brandon. And I'm like, okay, why? Like, I don't want to go over there. And he's like, well, you need to start learning from them. And honestly, these two have taught me more than probably anybody in my entire life, to be honest. And it's not just coaching. Have you read my, have you read my book yet, uh, Nate? <laughs> I guess that could change. <laughs> All right. Because I have not read it. All right, look at but, James uh, back there trying to sneak in the shot. Look yeah, at James yeah. <laughs> trying to get his modeling career up and running back there. They taught me a ton about coaching in the gym. I've learned I've learned so much from them. He was right. I needed this, but more than anything, uh, they've taught me how to carry myself, how to address people, how to live the right way all the time, um, what changing looks like. Because a lot of people are like, I want to change, but we don't, we don't know what that looks like. There's no model for that. There's nothing to look at. There's no, you know, anything. And, and these guys, just the day-to-day -day have taught me more than anybody I've ever met. So, Well, I know you guys have to get moving. You guys have a busier schedule than most people I know. So let me let you get moving. But before you wrap up, Brandon, I'm sure after listening to this or watching it, people are going to want to know more how they can be a part of it, how they can contribute, how they can simply reach out. What, what are the, what are the ways they can do that? Yeah. Uh, so if you want to get involved with this program, um, you can help. Um, we need a lot of support. Um, whether that's uh, you coming out as a volunteer or whether that's, uh, you know, all of our facilities, um, we rely on donations and support and sponsorships to, to help us get the equipment to the guys so that they can run classes. Um, so for anybody that's interested in that, um, you can contact our foundation, um, which is Redemption Road Fitness on Facebook and uh, And you have an Instagram as well. No, on, on Instagram. We, we're not up on Twitter right now. I don't know what all these are. I've never seen them. And so, um, I know that's so, another funny story. At the seminar, I was 
talking to Brandon and I was like, oh yeah, I sent a DM and he was like, what's a DM? You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I was like, you're better off not knowing. You're better off not knowing. We also have, uh, for, for prisoners, we have un, un, unprecedented um, uh, ability literally to, to run a nonprofit business from in here in collaboration with our, with our, uh, our other board members on that are outside of prison. And, and it's really a joint effort. And so um, we have the ability um, um, to, to receive LML or, or emails through our, our volunteer um, coordinator. Our program coordinator, um, uh, Ginger Elbell. Um, and so her contact information is Ginger, G I N G A, dot Elbell, E L B E L, at state.co.us. I'll make sure that's linked as well in the notes. Thank you so much. She's our, she's our immediate boss here. And her, she, She's okay at getting back to emails for the record. She takes a little while, but she's yeah. busy. You're yeah. about to get you're about to get swamped with uh emails, Ginger. So yeah, yeah, the for that. Is, yeah, she's uh she's here with us uh, from Sunday till um till Wednesday. And um if she gets them in, in relation to Redemption Road uh Fitness Foundation, um she passes them on to, to Brandon and myself and, and we get back to those as we get them, as well as um, our board secretary, um, uh, Sophia Lynn, she's our main point of contact outside of prison. And um, she's working um, on restructuring some of our social media. So it's more uh, user friendly with, with people who want to get a hold of us. So please be patient with us, everybody that's listening. All right. And, and Brandon, if you want to give them her contact yeah. information. So if you'd like to contact Sophia, her email is sophia.rrff at gmail.com. Uh, you can spell her name S-O-P-H-I-A. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure both of those are linked. And um, it's great catching up with you guys. Um, and I look forward to seeing you guys in the near future. And it's just, like I said, nothing but motivation. And, you know, I, I'm glad that we all got to catch up. Please tell everybody else I said hi, too. Right, we will, Jay. And also um, for you and all the listeners, uh, we got an event coming up on December 4th. Uh, we'd love to invite people. You can come out and see it, be a part of it. Uh, we're trying to get a, a big spotlight on this um, so you can see what this program looks like. Um, you can give them the information on that. But uh, We'll drop that. Dromos, December 4th. And that's going to be at Sterling, correct? That's right. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Okay. We'll make sure we get all of that out there. Yeah. Awesome. James, Nate, Will, Brandon, John. <laughs> Although great, great seeing you all. Have a great rest of your night, and I look forward to sharing this with everybody. All right, thank you. Take care. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at Best Hour of Their Day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs, my favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, 
gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard bomb and ladies there's stuff for you too so head on over to docspartan.com use the code best hour and save 15 percent